Bronze Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. We have another, and I say this all the time, but I'm just <laughs> happy to meet all of these sensational individuals. This is we true. have another special guest this week. Um, pardon me, at Color Advisory Member, mm-hmm. uh, Advisory Board Member, uh, A4 Honoree, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Bennett Bennett. Bennett Bennett. Uh, thank you, thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, oh, man. It's, uh, it's good to be on this podcast with you guys. Good to be on something with a couple of brothers. <laughs> talking absolutely all caps talking all shocks, man there you go there you go absolutely and that's um you know when um when i yeah when i got put on to you and you know what you do i was just like wow first of all the advertising world is just so interesting to me mm-hmm. um i dabble in it to it as well um as far as the projects we work on here at driven society but um what you do is just is is really extensive and you're deep in the game you know what i mean and you you come about it from creative side from the creative side from the conceptual side um tell the people more about your position um and what exactly is that you do so i work as a copywriter for this large agency called bbdo so you may not have heard of BBDO, but you've probably heard of its clients. We have Snickers, we have M&M's, Twix, AT&T, ExxonMobil, CVS Caremark, so all wow. the CVS pharmacies out there. Mm. Um, Pedigree, one of our brands as well. Just uh, a whole lot of really, really major brands. Well, yeah, super major brands. Mm. I just realized we won this, uh, one of the largest pitches in the uh, industry last year where AT&T bought out DirecTV mm-hmm. and we had a rival agency that had all the DirecTV work. We had all the AT&T work. So it was a whole like, you know, no holds barred matchup for the <laughs> entire business. Wow. And, and we won that. So wow. things are about to get really crazy for, for both the client and the agency itself. We might be uh, seeing uh, the West Coast a little bit more often in the nice. near future. Yeah. Wow. So what I do as a copywriter is, uh, uh, you know, I like to call it a storyteller for brands. Mm. You know, I come from a fiction writing background, so I think of brands as different characters and, mm. uh, you know, uh, and the audience as, as fans. You know, you want to have people just really interested in, you know, in the stories these characters are telling. Right. So, you know... Um, has it translated completely well in, into my job? Not necessarily, but you know, you know, I'm able to to bring that skill set into a lot of different projects for a lot of different brands, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. That's tremendous. interesting. We can go back in your background, but just I got a question already. Like, do you feel like that's some um, that's something you have to be born with that creative uh, skill set that you can see things in a certain way to be able to convey it to a certain audience? Is that is that like a um, based on your personality, based on a, 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 a particular individual, or do you feel like you can learn those skill sets? There's a part of me that it's one of these tough questions that I get a lot where, you know, somebody like me, you know, from the outside looking in, they're just like, oh, you're super creative. And I'm like, well, my parents put me in all this science stuff when I was growing up. Mm. Like, I even went to college, I even started college as a physics major. So, you know, you could hear that. But at the same time, like, I always loved to write. That was always my thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm of, I'm of the school that some people are just born to be really creative people. Mm-hmm. But anybody can learn to, to be a creative problem solver. Mm. You know, it, it takes practice. It takes putting yourself in situations that aren't ideal. 
you know, entrepreneurs, mm. I believe, you know, learn that creativity because, you no know, choice. you're strapped for crap, you're strapped for cash, Yo, you got you're, it. you know, you want people to be invested in you. Right. And it's, you know, you don't necessarily have the manpower that, mm-hmm. you know, an agency like mine, which, you know, we have probably 150 people in our creative department, you know, 150 wow. creative people. Wow. Who, like, you know, either went to school to, to be better creatives or, you know, just were really dope at their craft and, you know, we're solving problems for like billion dollar businesses. Mm. Wow. So, you know, like I said, you know, I feel like maybe I was born as a creative person, but mm-hmm. I think it can be taught. Nice. Okay. So when you're around that creative community, is that, is it more, is it like, uh, um, iron shipens iron at that point when you're around those creative people? Yeah. So when I first started there about almost three years ago, it's getting close to three years. I walked in there and all I see is awards on everybody's desks. Wow. And for me, like I come from this, uh, I come from far rock. Oh, you're from Queens. far rock. Yeah. Oh. So I walk in there and like it's the craziest thing because like I I'd, at that point in time learned enough about the industry and intern at different places, but to walk in there and they were you know BBDO likes to brag that they're the most awarded agency in in the world mm. like they're just they're up there yeah. uh, and to walk in and see like these real dope gold silver bronze statues on just about everybody's desk. That's crazy. And for me, just like finally getting out of school and being put in a situation like that, it's like, yo, how am I going to like, how am I going to match up to these people? Like, I want to be this good. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I feel as if I've definitely learned a lot. Just seeing my coworkers work out there, you know, in public, it, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And to, to, contribute to that success and you know in the ways that i have you know it's pretty cool like it definitely i feel like i've learned i feel like i've grown grown in a sense from from being around just that much talent Mm. nice well let's let's uh dive back into you know your um kind of inception into the world um kind of tell us about you know post-college you said that you were a physics major so yeah Clearly, there was a goal there previously. And to, man. <laughs> wait, and you graduated as a physics major? I did not graduate as a physics okay. major. I, man. So, uh, yeah, just walk us through that and into how you, you know, eventually came into that. So, I'll state for the record, I always wanted to be a writer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to write superhero fiction. But my parents, being, you know, these Jamaican immigrants, they were raised a certain way, so they tried to instill to me this, like, yo you ain't going to make money as a writer. So you got to think something else. (laughs) You got to think something else. And I'm like, all right, cool. So eventually like, you know, I graduated cop, I graduated high school, uh, started off on the East side of Hunter, decided, yo, like I'm a, I'm a get into physics. So, uh, you know, my dad fixed TVs and stairs for a living. So I'm like, all right, I'll dabble into like optics, acoustics, some real like specific shit. And then, Mm. uh, you know, I'll write my sci-fi on the side. Uh, it didn't happen. Like, after, like, you know, I was working full-time. I was doing that. I was trying to have a social life. And, you know, I got burnt out and, and flunked out mm-hmm. after two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I spent some time just, like, really trying to figure out, yo, like, am I, you know, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to go all in 
and and be the writer that I say I am. Like I think I'm good enough to to make money. It's just a matter of finding the right industry to to end up in. Mm. So nice. uh, went to Kingsboro down in a down in South Brooklyn for a little bit. Studied broadcasting, and around that time, one of my homies from high school, she was at FIT studying advertising design, and she was like, "Yo." Uh, you're a really dope writer. I've seen your stuff on Tumblr. I've seen your stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. Would you consider, like, have you heard of advertising? Have you considered being a copywriter? I'm like, I haven't heard about it. I mm. thought Bounty made their own slogans. I didn't know. I didn't know you paid people. I didn't know you paid people to do this. The quicker, uh, quicker picker up. Right. Like, I didn't know that people were actually paid to do that stuff. So, you know, she put me onto some people. I did my research. And I just dove in and, you know, I'm here now. You know, I went to City College, graduated with a degree in communications, advertising and public relations. Mm. So, you know, I'm not just like up on what's going on in the ad world, but like how to solve problems on a PR level as well. Just like publicity, you know, how brands and people can also like, you know, get themselves out of, you know, weird Holes, almost like that Olivia Pope type stuff. Right, mm. got you. Uh, that's dope. Yeah, so that, okay. I mean that—that's basically it. And what was what was your first opportunity after uh, finishing school? Now that you're you're done with school, you yeah. you have some direction. Where's the place that you know extended that hand to you, and what did you do with that opportunity? Um, the first place that extended my hand, uh, extended opportunity to me, uh, actually was this uh, organization called Ad Color. Mm. Uh, they just celebrated their 10th anniversary last year. Uh, to add color. I see them a lot. Yeah. Uh, so they are this cross-industry organization that celebrates uh, uh, the best game changers in the diversity and inclusion space. Mm. Uh, so for me, you know, I'd come out of a program like uh, MAPE, which is uh, the Multicultural Advertising Intern Program. Mm. Uh, you know, and I'd been volunteering and already been like, you know, people were already reaching out to me to be like a mentor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ad Color had selected me as one of their thirty futures. Basically, like I would call it something similar to a thirty under thirty Got for advertise for like people who are like really about like DNI diversity and inclusion, but like in the, within their industry. So like their their mantra is rise up, reach back. So you got to be popping. But you always you also got to make sure other people come up with you Absolutely. so that they could be popping too. Right. Uh, so they selected me. I went to Beverly Hills for a whole week. That changed my whole life. Really? Well, what was that experience like? Uh, like I got to go for free. Nice. <laughs> First of all, free ninety nine. Free. Ain't that like, no, like a free trip? You always feel, uh, you know. You know, and like I went out there and everybody was celebrating me and the other people who were recognized and nice. you know I met one of my closest friends out there um, my future employer and like other agencies who were really into me uh, we had to do this uh, cool case study which is now um, a hackathon that they do where you get a client you get a brief and you know you have this probably eight hours to come up with a solution pitch in front of agency professionals and hopefully wow yeah, and hopefully win. This is a group project, or this is a group no, project. Okay, okay. so with people you just met, different with, ideas, different right, energies. Basically, uh, so I got lucky in my year because I knew some of the people that I was selected with, mm-hmm. uh, some of the people in my group, and our thing was like if 
whichever team won that year got to be like a whole group yeah. to you know have a whole their own panel discussion during the ad color conference nice. so you have like the time where the futures are there which is like two or three days then you have a one-day conference and then you have an award show the next day so we got to like my team won team won this whole case study competition we spoke at ad color like in front of all these professionals wow like all the agencies everybody exactly it was it was ridiculous so people got to hear you know what you guys are hearing now so like my backstory and all that and people were impressed and they wanted me to work for them, but, you know, at the time, it was like I came out of a school that didn't prepare me creatively enough. Like, they knew I was a writer, but at the same time, like, you know, I would hear from certain places that you're a writer, but, like, can you write copy? Can you make ads? Can you do commercials? Can you do social media? And I'm like, well, I know how to do that stuff. I've done that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't necessarily have the work to show for it, but, yeah. you know cool mm-hmm. it's all right shut me down like i'll take my time get better at my craft yeah. but uh i got lucky that one of the people uh a few of the individuals there with who have who i happen to work for in my current job reached out to me and were like yo we like your story we like that you're not like everybody else hmm. you know you write you, you could write that superhero fiction you could write all this and i think this agency is missing something like that and here's the thing, like we're starting this program for people like you who are unorthodox, who are talented, who really care about, you know, things bigger than, than awards and and money and stuff. And, you know, this is like if you want this opportunity, it's yours to take, wow. you know, and uh, if, you know, it took a little while for me to like officially start there. But like, you know, I was doing some stuff with branded um, with some branding agencies uh one in particular called interbrand so i was working on stuff for the north face uh citibank um a few other brands and then bbdo was like yeah we're ready to have you so jumped on um early 2015 i've been here since Mm, wow nice you so in being a storyteller, because you said you wrote science fiction previously, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, just I, still do. I still do. I still do. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how do, what, what are some um, things that you have to, you had to kind of like learn? Because sci-fi, like that's a lot of imaginative, you know, um, writing and you have mm-hmm. to be very vivid and, you know, for somebody to kind of get the, the tense of the time, the environment, all of that stuff. Yeah. How how what what are some things that you had to add to your you know your your war chest mm-hmm. to be able to communicate uh, more succinctly repertoire? Um, so you're like from my sci-fi more superhero based background to advertising. Yeah, right? um, it's funny enough. Like a lot of the a lot of how a lot of it hasn't necessarily changed because you break it down. You know, you know, as I've said before, it's like it's characters. You know. Like, they might not have hovercrafts and stuff like that, but if it's Bacardi, which I've worked on, you know, they've got... Wait, Bacardi can be a hovercraft if you... I mean, yeah, 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 and Bacardi Bacardi does some inventive stuff. But, like, you know, if we break it down, it's like, you know, you've got a character named Bacardi, and the one thing that's dope about Bacardi is, like, you have all these different flavors. People love drinking it during the summertime, and, you know, they're just looking for people who want to have a good time. How are you going to tell people that if they want to have a good time, they should have Bacardi? Mm. Like, that's really it. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> you break if you break it down 
well enough, right. you know, you understand that a lot of these things aren't so different after all. Mm. You know, and I think, you know, more of my science background has has helped me be more analytical in in breaking these things down and it's saying, found. Um, you know, like I understood the scientific method like growing up. Like I went to Brooklyn Tech uh, for high school, so that was all they hammered into us. Like you know, hype, hypothesis and and doing that, and mm-hmm. a lot of those things, you know, translate to ideation just coming up with different ideas you know just you know sitting in front of an art director or designer whoever else and saying oh like i have these ideas you know in my head you know let's uh do some 30 and you know just have you know maybe a a bunch of people like twerking down down a highway or something (laughs) like that or or in a house that's just like driving down like pacific coast um you know, and then you experiment with the, these ideas, you blow them out, and then you show them in front of creative directors. And the creative directors are like those people, your test subjects. If they like it, cool. If they don't like it, you've got to go back and, like, and tinker with it again tinker, yeah. until you see what works. Mm. Um, doesn't mean that, you know, like in science, you know, if something works some, like a set amount of times, it becomes law. It's not that way with creativity. Hmm. something that works one day may not work the next day uh, you know and that's also because you got to deal with uh this variable of culture culture is always changing culture is always absolutely. shifting so you always have to be wary of those things right and there's a um a climate that you also have to look at for culture too right? oh yeah how how um for as far as when you conceptualize different advertising um how cognizant are you of um really thinking about where culture is at if anything is trending see if you can attach it to any type of uh, campaign um it's harder when you're like a person of color or maybe Mm -hmm. a woman in the industry you know you see certain things happening in society right i can't go into full details because i know this about you know this public podcast and (laughs) you know some of my clients have not been like the best (laughs) the best clients culturally but uh got you you know a client that i won't that I can talk about is, uh, you know, you have Shea Moisture, you know, this brand for black people. <laughs> uh, and it's a tough time to be a black person nowadays. Mm-hmm. So when people are portraying, you know, images of, of black people, you know, it's just like, you've got to get it. You've got to come correct every mm-hmm. single time. Otherwise, like, you will get bashed. People will drag you. Black Twitter will come for that ass. (laughs) It it really will. It really will. And, you know, I'm on Twitter often enough that, like, that I see these things happening. And, you know, I was on the Ad Color Advisory Board for the past two years. This year I'm not on it. Mm. Um, I've dedicated a lot of my spare time to, you know, to these two advertising high schools you know, there's two high schools just specifically to teach kids advertising and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, this stuff actually matters to these kids coming up. Like one, they don't know these things, you know, they don't know this industry exists Two, Mm -hmm. they have this raw talent, but they also need to know what the, like if they're going to jump into this industry, they need to know what they're in for Mm -hmm. because I'm I'm one of a very few amount of like black guys doing what I'm doing especially on the creative side. Mm. Uh, so it hits you like you get this responsibility that you don't necessarily ask for. Right. 
but you know you have to like if you're gonna stick in this industry you kind of have to run with it you kind of have to be in the room and if somebody's you know coming at your neck saying yo like mm. let's not have this rapper in it because I think this rapper like is looks like a criminal then you hit them like, well, I mean, that's not necessarily how it goes. Like, why right. are you stereotyping us? You know, right, right, exactly. Because there's a lot of criminals that wear ties and exactly. suits. Exactly, exactly. And they don't have that understanding of culture to be right. able to look at that person as like, um, mm-hmm. you know, right. This person is an artist, or this person is how they express themselves, or whatnot. Yeah. Right, you right. know, we gotta, we gotta fight through cultural stereotypes and mm-hmm. and microaggressions we don't want to say the wrong thing in a in a script and you know get a whole bunch of women mad mm-hmm. you know for like touching you know if a char- if one character in a commercial touches another character's hair right we don't need that happening like yeah, yeah, yeah. that's know. a that's an interesting you know I and I hadn't even considered it that's that's a precarious position to be in cuz your responsibility is to you know tell a story and and be able to drive it home, but you still have so many responsibilities to the to the sensitivities of yeah. individuals and, and following that fine line. That's a lot of pressure. Like it, it, it's become a harder like historically. I feel as if people in the advertising and marketing world have had much more of a difficult job. You know, back in the Don Draper days, the Mad Men days. You, oh, know, you can say just, whatever you want. You exactly. Y'all, y'all were just smoking cigarettes. <laughs> y'all were, you know, y'all, people were like actually like selling cocaine and Quaaludes yeah, in yeah. magazines at one point in time. Like now we have all those restrictions. Yeah. And now we have like the consumer is as much of a client to us as the, actual. the clients themselves. Yeah. It becomes such a tough thing. You have to, you have to for lack of a better word, like, you know, see both sides like Chanel. <laughs> you know, like, see the client side. Uh-huh. They want to make their money. See the consumer side. Like, care about our needs. Mm. Absolutely. And another thing I didn't even think about, too, because we talk so much about diversity in tech. Yeah. I don't, I haven't heard much about, or maybe I'm not, you know, in the loop as much, mm. but it's really important for there to be diversity in the advertising game. Not only because of that, because first of all, you would think, the most creative ideas will come from a really strong, diverse group. Would you agree? I I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. There have been like maybe one or two random articles that say otherwise, but Dang. I definitely agree with that. And it's more of a thing for advertising agencies to care about this sort of thing because tech companies, you know, especially the major platforms, they're the competition now. Facebook is starting creative shop. Twitter has a creative shop. Instagram yeah. has a creative shop. Like they're hiring people from advertising agencies to work with brands so that, you know, there's less of a middleman. Hmm. You know, like but you have situations where that sort of thing backfires. Um I'll try not to talk about Pepsi too much because I was gonna bring him up. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, I <laughs> I, you know, I, that's I, actually like <laughs> it's one of my job's clients, but uh, wow. you know, I mean, it's public knowledge that Pepsi did that on themselves. You know, they have their own internal creative oh, shop, and okay. you know, that's what happens. When I was wondering how does somebody make that mistake? You it, that mistake happens when you don't have the buffer. When you don't have the people in the room or the levels 
to say, you know, and somebody within those levels to say that might not be right. Right. You know, um, which which is crazy because I thought I, I thought it was horribly insensitive to to the to even to the tone like yeah, there's a lot going on with you know our community and the police right. or whatever. But I thought they could have if they did a commercial, it should have probably been like a black screen, like a solidarity screen, and then maybe like a logo at the end, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. like to to just show it as like this gigantic party and kind of it was it was. It was it was tone deaf in in a lot of ways. Like I got myself in trouble for it because I'm like, this mm. we can't be having this. And and people were like, yo, you work for that agency, you gotta you gotta delete that tweet. Like, um, it's a it's a it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky thing to you know for a brand itself, and that's what happens when when not enough people of color in the room to mm. to tell you like no. And, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Pepsi has its agency partners that it's supposed to rely on. And I'm sure those agencies are like, yo, like, that's not a good look, man. Like, don't hmm. go through with it. And it still went it out still anyway. still went out and did it. Yeah. Wow. So, um, somebody fought for that. And yeah. Probably somebody ended up probably getting fired for that, too. Yeah. So, um, as an a, a, a individual at Ad Color... Mm-hmm. Uh, can you run us through some of those responsibilities um, and, and kind of like, you know, lessons learned a- along the way? I mean, th- it seems that that is a position where, you know, they really pick the cream of the crop to mm-hmm. represent. Yeah. Um, well, I, I never had that crazy opportunity of, you know, handling selecting the futures class. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you used to have to come out of a certain program a diversity related program like uh i came through the mate program you know other people came through the marcus graham project which is doing cool stuff down in south texas and then there's other diversity things uh nationwide that you know select students or young professionals that came out of out of their individual programs to be part of that class and now you know the selecting process is just wide open you know have Mm. one to three years experience you know, in any industry, just busting ass, you know, being ready to craft, but also looking out for for that next generation. You know, just young people who are really, you know, holding on to the ad color beliefs without realizing there's a community meant for them. Hmm. Uh, it, it was a beautiful thing, my time there, just uh, knowing that the, you know, that we had all, all this young, raw talent coming up. Uh, and now they get a platform, and now they get to, you know, go to a dope city. You know, one year it was in Vegas. One year, um, last year was in uh, Boca Raton for its tenth anniversary. Nice. Uh, and they come in, and they got people from Pandora, they got people from Apple, they got people from Google. Wow. And they care, like they care about their voices, and they care about their talent. And uh, it, it's it's just a dope thing. Mm. Um, so to be on the advisory board, I was more on the communication side. So marketing that message that like ad color you know is that place to be like if we're gonna have um enlightened discussions about the things that matter in society and how those translate to to better work from from agencies brands and their partners you know this needs to be that hub for that uh you know that was that was my role and you know we've we've sold out like multiple years in a row you Hmm. know i'm sure I won't be there this year. It's going to be in Los Angeles. Uh, 
they're ready. Like it's their eleventh year. They're ready for the next decade of uh, progress and success in this industry. So, mm-hmm. really uh, wishing the best for them. You know, uh, I know they got a a lot of crazy stuff in the news to really to really uh, parcel down and uh, you know have these people have their attendees come in and learn and be able to take back to their agencies. So, gotcha. Uh, this um millennial multicultural gen- generation. Do you feel like this? Um, do you feel like we speak our own language when it comes to advertising? Like, do you have to approach this millennial base because we spend the most time on our phone? We have um, a strong buying power. We're tech savvy. We're into culture. We're into social media. Is there a certain language that um uh, you feel that um uh, to this generation, this millennial base, that you have to speak that most clients that you have have to go to have to take that language on to speak to them um i'm not necessarily worried about the millennial generation mm. everybody is all like stressing out about millennials blah 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 uh it's the, it's gen- the, it's the generation after gen z right yeah i hear uh, that a lot yeah gen z is uh they're mostly digital that's yeah. all digital they You're like, right. If not all did like if not mostly they're all digital. You're right. Yeah. For uh, so true. You know, for us, we at least grew up with newspapers. We knew what a radio looked like. Sure. You know, and then we were put on to the internet and all, like all the dope stuff to come from that. Uh, but you know, it's people like my sister who just turned twenty one. Who right, right. I don't remember the last time she picked up a newspaper. I think she hates the textbooks that she gets <laughs> for college. Like I wow. think, uh, you know, and. I don't even know if it's language to worry about. You know, if if it's language that the we're, that we're worried about, we're not doing our job well enough. Mm. I think, you know, on my from my end, it's like we have to know what's coming next. You know, this industry has my specific industry has a lot of catching up to do. You know, we're so worried about like one issue or another issue or a client or a client's bottom line that we find ourselves being reactive to what consumers are about today. You know, clients mm-hmm. want a bottom line, but like we got to care about a Black Lives Matter or what's going down in Charlottesville or, you know, or dealing with uh, a president who is just not about so much of this country, mm-hmm. you know, and, this con- and the values that we're, uh, you know, that we're founded on. Uh, that is just like if something happens, like it's just like oh, we're gonna make an ad that you know we're gonna have mad black people and it's gonna be about solidarity and it's gonna be great and it's just like damn, like kind of nonsense is that? Why can't you be forward thinking? This industry used to be good at being forward thinking, but hmm. just so much going on now. What do you, what do you think? I mean, what is the the pain? Because um, obviously there's a lot of challenges now, and you have to yeah. be sensitive to all these different communities. Mm-hmm. But what what's changed in in the last maybe even ten years? Technology. It's really been technology. Technology has accelerated things so quickly hmm. that I mean, it's hard for me to keep up with these social platforms. Like it took me up and like I just started maybe trying to use Snapchat maybe two or three months ago. Yeah, I stopped. I know, I I know so many. Like I know so many who've been up on that, right. and like. You know, and that's maybe because I'm older, maybe because my sensibilities are different, you know, but technology is, technology is a real game changer. That's, you know, that's interesting because I feel like in in those industries, you know, the old guard was so interested in 
ignoring the new platforms, but then we're like when MySpace pop, Facebook pop, now they don't want to take any chances. The old They're still, really the old guard's still there. They're like the old guard and you'll see it in entertainment. You will not necessarily see it in technology. I mean in the tech sector because it's still such a young sector. Right. But it still has its own problems, right? Um but I think there's a parallel between the tech sector being like operated by all these you know, middle-aged white guys where you have the ad agencies, you know, they're not so much removed from the older white guys. Maybe they mm-hmm. might care about the issues but don't know how to do, how to handle them properly, mm-hmm. which is why, like, you see a lot of these uh, companies on the tech end, you know, submit, like, diversity reports every year because they're like, we, we actually care about getting better and this is how we're going to do it. Ad agencies don't care. Like they're they're tied up in a lot of their their own ways, possibly because their clients are also really old, right. also really white, and you know it's just for them. It's just like they want to hold on to their money as much as they can. Gotcha. Um, Issa Rae had this really poignant uh, quote a few weeks ago: "Like these old white guys is dying." Like. Hmm you know uh the time will come for you know for the landscape to to be what it should be to to be as reflective as it should be and and it's changing um and i I have to ask what do you uh what do you think about this renaissance that's happening right now with a lot of uh creators of colors really doing a thing like getting these deals creating this really amazing content on all these platforms um and where do you see that going in the next few years um, I say we take the wins as we can, right? You know, those people are our versions of the, you know, of their their leaders, you know? Like, back when they were growing up, you know, they had the Malcolm X's and the Martin Luther King's, you know, they, they grew up around that. Like, mm-hmm. we, we're, going, we're growing up around the Shonda Rhimes and the Issa Rae's and the Donald Glover's. Right, right, right. You know, we got to take that, you know, not discourage ourselves to feel like we'll never be that great and we just gotta say okay there's somebody who looks like me you know like I have to be confident in my own craft uh, stick with my own tribe um, find find a way to, to be great on my own terms hmm. uh, I think those are the important things that you know we can take from these people because they've carved their own lanes like Shonda just signed with Netflix oh no yeah. like he's Issa hasn't yeah. even finished her second season, but she's got a third season coming. Yep. Like you need to give her three more. I don't know why they facts. Like it, uh, you know, it's you see what Donald Glover's doing. He's getting acting roles everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a uh, it's a beautiful time. Uh, but I think like you know, you know, we're three black dudes sitting in a room. We can't just have our stories. You know, like we gotta we gotta we gotta respect the other stories that want to come out as well. And we have to, you know, it's hard for, you know, we got our own issues as black people. Asians got their own issues. Hispanics got their own issues. Uh, But it's like a lot of the reason why where we are is where we are is like, it's just like so much fight in between people who have the right idea that like you have this, you have this whole segment of people who have the wrong idea. Mm -hmm. We're so disjointed. We can't necessarily like come together and like say, "Yo, we may not be about the same shit, but we want the same end result." Hmm. So let's let's just like fuck with the shared vision and just go for it. Mm-hmm. You know that that's why 
hateful people are winning right now. And it's a, it's a scary thing. It is. I, I want to switch gears real yeah. quick. And I want to, you know, go on your point about technology. Mm-hmm. So there are so many different platforms now to, you know, represent yourself from Snapchat to Instagram, yeah. Twitter, what have you. Um, what is your take on personal branding? Um, what, is your, what is your take on, on um, you know, developing a narrative for yourself as an individual who has goals or you, you want to be able to show yourself in a certain light? Like, what are some steps that somebody can take to, you know, make sure that their narrative is, is, is correct? Um, authenticity, man. The best brands out there have been authentic from day one. Mm. You know, they don't try to hide anything from from the people they care about. You know, but they they keep it private enough that like you know, everybody got private stuff. Like we don't need to care about the you know certain mm. things, but right. the things that matter. You know, taking stances or whatever. Um, I remember the one social media class I took. It was at a, back at a time where everybody had like two different. Twitters and now people have like two different Instagrams or Snapchats because yeah. they're like, yo, I got to separate like my ratchet life from my <laughs> professional life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just never was about that. You know, I didn't necessarily care about like a personal brand. It was just like, well, I'm Bennett Bennett. Like, there's like, I always felt like those things were so intertwined. Like, mm. you know, I, I was always a writer. Like, I was going to write whether I was making money off of it or not. There you go. You know, so I think what matters is. One, that you're doing something that you love. Because when you're doing something that you love and you're passionate about it, like, you know, people can't really... That's that's you. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't need to take away something that's, like, you know, so ingrained in you that you feel like you have to... That you have to hide it from the rest of the world. Um, so I really think authenticity is one. Um, two, just... I don't know. You, you still have to be careful. Hmm. You know, what you, what you say. Not too careful. Um... Like there, there was always this uh, stereotype that you know jobs are looking at what what you say, and that's true. But at the same time, like you don't want to be perceived as boring. You yeah. want to have an opinion on you know whether Lawrence Hive is legit or not. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you, you you like let's be real. Like let's celebrate our legends while we exactly 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 um, like. It, it goes down to authenticity like that's my only go that's my only tip I can really give yeah like if you're if you're real from the jump like mm-hmm. you know whether people fuck with you or not like they gotta respect the, the fact that you yeah, real. you're putting yourself out there that's, true. that's dope yeah. and also like within cause like Instagram uh, I remember Travis and I were having a conversation um, and he was saying that like even things like tagging like brands in your own personal life you know what I mean? No, like, why would you do that if they ain't paying your ass? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Like, yeah, what? I mean, like, do, do you think that, like, you could, div- is it possible to develop a narrative where somebody would be able to get that eye on you? Or is it convoluted at this point? Um, If you're really dope, like, I don't know if any of that matters. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think, I think you got to be great. Like, if you're doing something dope and you're like, I'm a, t- I'm a, you know, I'm a tag a brand on it and somebody peeks that, you know, pe- people, it happens for people, but you have to be confident in, in your skills because, mm-hmm. you know, brands are, brands are looking to make money. If you can help them make money in some way, like, you know, come correct with what you're, what you're about and, you know, 
see the magic happen from that. Okay. Now, if somebody, let's say somebody wants to um, get into the advertising field and, you know, get to a position where you at, what steps would you say for them to, you know, start with and to, for them to, you know, uh, build that portfolio to be ready for um, a BBDO? It's funny. I was just promoting this uh, this event that happens every year in September. It was my first taste of the industry. It was literally called at the time. Were all the black people because they couldn't find us? <laughs> oh shit! Like, it was, there was an event called Were all the black people a creative oh, wow. career fair. Uh, that was my first taste, and that was all I needed uh, to be hooked on it. And like, I learned all my steps from there. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Um, now it's called Here All the Black People because they found us. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, That's so, good advertising too. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, they got their stuff going on in September. Um, you know, I'm probably going to be out there. Uh, it's in the city. Uh, the One Club hosts it. They all, you know, the One Club is probably one of the better ways for people to, for young professionals to get, like, their, to get some sort of exposure. So they do Here All the Black People, but they also do creative boot camps. So they get people, like they have it in New York where they get people from all over the CUNY system, tackle a, a client like uh, U.S. Tennis Association or like some tourism brand, and mm. you get to be in a room with people who also don't know what the fuck they're doing, <laughs> but they got some sort of talent, whether it's writing or design or something like that, oh, okay. and they get like three and a half days to put together like a campaign, whatever it is. And then wow. people like me come in and we mentor them. We tell them like, oh, nice. you know, like this is how an agency goes. And, you know, they're, they're yeah. running on the same sort of timeline as somebody like me. Sometimes I get like two or three days to come up with, with the right idea mm-hmm. that has yeah. to be shipped out by Friday. Like, wow. So that's how you get your brief? So walk us through it. You get a brief. Boom. You start thinking, okay, this is yeah. a character. And then you just let your mind go and yeah. Boom. I mean, it, yeah, somebody, um, you get these people called strategists who are really into human behavior, consumer behavior. You got your account people who work with the client. So they band together. They put together this one-page thing called a creative brief. They come to me. They come to, a, they come to me and my partner, an art director, and they're like, yo, here's a problem. You got four days to solve it, wow. you know? And... You know, that first day is spent freaking out. We're like, oh, how, we ain't going to do this shit. <laughs> 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 I mean, with this budget, like, you know, we're thinking yeah, like, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, let's just put together a couple of commercials right after, right after Power. You know, something like that. <laughs> um, or Empire. <laughs> um, just do something simple. But yeah. it can't be simple. So, you know, you take your time, you know, do your own little research on the side about, like, what the client's about. Mm-hmm. What uh, the you know what your consumer base is you know take some time we call it a incubation where the ideas just like are hatching in your head so you take some time like step away from the work um, that you're supposed to do like go to a park go to a museum take you know take a shower because you've yeah. been in the office for mad long yeah. uh, and then you come back meet up with your partner and y'all just toss the ideas at each other and if something feels like yo this could be it. You just jot it down, you know, get a whole list of the ideas that you think are really dope. Mm. Uh, then you meet your creative directors, your bosses, and you're like, yo, this is what we got. Hopefully they take like three or four of those ideas, present it to the account people who need to present it to the client. And if that works, 
you know, if everything goes smoothly, uh-huh. then like, then you probably have an idea shipped out, you know, ready to get produced. If it's a TV commercial, you know, you get the people ready to like go to a shoot somewhere. Uh, and then, like, you know, slick, get an actor, get, you know, get a cool director, you know, work within that budget and then, like, ha- you know, edit it, do do whatever you need to. Mm. Um, you know, there's qualities from, like, you know, actual movie sets that, that apply to the ad business, you know, uh, qualities that a lot of uh, social platforms are doing that, you know, that have applied to the ad business or taken um, credit from the ad business. So mm. it's a... Uh. It's a it's a really quick turnaround for a lot of things and even quicker now because we got to deal with social content we got to deal with emerging right. platforms vr ar you know and just like nice really think about think about uh how how to best uh, get this message out there so, so your campaign consists of anything from digital to social to commercial how do to, you to um, events, experiences, cool. uh, stuff in brick and mortar stores? Really? Yeah. Like How often it, do you include events into your um, into the campaigns? Is that something? Is that something like last on the end on the latter end of? Um, it, well, I would say yes. You know, um, it really depends. Like I always tell people, it usually depends on the brand. Like the client, if it's right, uh, right. Bacardi that I've worked on, uh, you know, events are part of their thing yeah. because you know music you know, music festivals. So we've had, like, music festival-based things. Like, the whole, uh, we called it the Untamable Tour because Bacardi's uh, slogan was Untamable since uh, 1862. So they would go to, like, Lala. They would go to uh, Panorama, uh, GovBall. Um, you know, all the major music festivals mm-hmm. have some really dope stuff pop off and, you know, it would, it would be lit. But that's because it's Bacardi. Like, Bacardi is so tied into that scene. Um, Where, on the other end, you get, like, an Exxon Mobil that is obviously a lot more old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People don't necessarily... Like, everybody buys gas. (laughs) But, you know, they still got to have something out there to, you know, have people remind them, oh, this is what we're doing to improve gasoline. This is what we're, you know, doing to, like, Mm. be more environmentally friendly without giving up on gas. Right, right. Uh, so you'll see their stuff like every Sunday morning, like right after you watch your politics shows, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's always, always, uh, you gotta always think about like who the brand is, who the people mm. you're talking to are. You know, it's it's too much thinking sometimes. But, I guess you. Mm, that's interesting. This, this I, I see what you did there, Clay. For a brand like Exxon, especially with their past. Yeah. You then take something positive that they're doing, and then you could turn that into an advertising campaign, mm-hmm. turn that into a commercial spot by just having a really nice voiceover, mm-hmm. some really good um, uh, graphics. And a brand like Bacardi would make sense for them to go on tour, get act- um, live activations with artists and right. the music scene, mm-hmm. because that's exactly where their base is at, where their audience is at. So you think of the brand, you think of where directly you find their audience, and how can you communicate directly to their audience. Yeah. Basically, yeah. interesting. That's interesting. Uh, had there been um, situations where, you know, you and your team, you know, you're sitting down brainstorming, everybody's mm-hmm. getting in the mojo, yeah. and it's there, and you're like, I'm gonna walk away from this idea, mm-hmm. and then you see it executed somewhere else. Had that had that been <laughs> a, a situation you came Yo, across? Like, <laughs> it hurts my feelings when that happens every every single time. Um, 
I don't even know any specific ideas, but anytime you feel like, yo, my idea cannot work because somebody else is using it, then it's just, it's like, damn, you just go back to your desk and you're just like, I'm not original. Mm. Like, you have to be original, like, every wow. single time. Damn. Every, like, every, and even if you're, and people think, like, originality is just like, oh, you just come up with something from thin air. Right. But it's not like that all the time. Um, there's this cool documentary called Everything is a Remix because everything literally is a remix. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. new under the sun. Exactly. It's just like how, you know, your spin on it, your yeah, take yeah, on yeah. it. Um, and that helps, you know, when you have more diverse populations in the creative ranks right. to come up with these ideas. Because it's just like you got your young dude from the hood, but then you got your Midwesterner, you know, but then you got this uh, Asian kid who grew up in the Bay Area. Or you got this uh, Latino kid who who grew up around Miami, like you know those perspectives are going to be different. So you know the the way they approach something creative is going to be different as well. Hmm. That's, that's super interesting. Yo, that's a that's a lot, man. Because uh, <laughs> you know what? No, 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 no. Because you know what? Like usually when people think of like advertising, yeah. you know, you you only have you get that glamorous side, but you don't get the side where with all that responsibility of of narrative, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that must be taxing though, right? To be original every time. Is that like how did? First of all, I know. Do you ever feel like tax or like drain creatively? And how do you combat that? How do you recover? Um, yeah. So you know, a lot of the maybe two of the past three years, I've just been like burnt out early in the year because it's hard enough to be creative, you know, for a living to get a paycheck. Right. to be creative like dudes get paid like six seven pick figures to be creative wow. you know um but then like if you're a person of color and then you got to be creative it's just like you got to put on for a whole culture like you literally have to do it for the culture and and that is taxing um that is taxing in its own way is, is it because you're 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 do you find yourself like fighting to, to you know yeah I mean to have your specific voice heard um because your, your voice although specific and unique to you but you're yeah. actually speaking for like a, a right 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 right, yeah. right um and very often there's like one person of color in the room like it's still hmm. that way sometimes and you know that's hard and imagine you know being on something like ad color where you have to care about the culture and like and the people who represent that. You know, when you, like, you know, we shouldn't be paid to, I mean, it shouldn't be a creatives or, like, unless you want to take up the banner and say, hey, like, I want to take on the challenges of making my environments more diverse, making them more inclusive. Like, I don't want to say it shouldn't be your job, but at the same time, like, if you're willing to say that, you have to understand the responsibilities. And if you're going to complain about it, you might as well just, like, you know, step back and do your own thing. Like, and people shouldn't be mad at that. Hmm. Like, you know, I've taken a step back in certain things, but, like, I'm still involved with high school students or whatever. But, like, at the same time, I'm like, yo, like, I'm trying to be, like, I'm trying to go out to Cannes out in, you know, out in Europe. Right, out in France. Get some, like, gold lions. Like, come back to my agency and be like, yo, I did that. Hmm. You know, like I need to care about that too, right? Like it's it's such a difficult thing. Um, but yeah, just just being a creative, like you know, 
sometimes you know you take days off agencies will allow that like God, they're probably like creative day off or like yeah you, you can create yeah you can create your own day off for anything like just go do whatever like you know some agencies let you mm. let you work from home um What's re- what's restorative for you? Like you're you personally, Bennett Bennett. What what is, what is your cocktail for, you know, replenishing that creative energy? Um, I don't know. I feel like I, I I'm from Far Rock, so like I, I love my beach. You know, okay. always, you know, I'm by the beach when when I can. Um, I take myself out on dates. Yeah. Mm. Be like, yo, self love, bro. Cash like, out, bro. Right, exactly. <laughs> yo, yo, if stuff gets too hard, like I will, I'll be there. I'll get a drink from work or whatever, and like I'll head to like Hell's Kitchen. There's some like dope places out there. Mm. I'll just like chill, table for one, and just like you, you know, go. you know, and just chill and like you know, think about my accomplishments. Remember that like, that like. I brought myself into this, you know, situation that, you know, I'm, you know, that I'm doing good. A lot of people uh, are dealing with imposter syndrome. I had a mentee who I spoke with her for like an hour and a half, just like trying to, because I don't necessarily understand imposter syndrome. What is that imposter syndrome? It's when, it's when you think that everything you accomplished, it can't really be you. You know, it's like, it's like there's this nagging voice in your head, like, damn, like, I couldn't have really done this stuff. Like, this can't... It had to be something that... Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, it's not my own talent that, uh, that brought me where I am. And, like, when shit goes bad, it's like, well, you know... You feel the, the, the gravity of all that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a tough thing. There's a lot of people who, who go through that, you know, and, you know, they give, they give this term and I'm like, well... Mm -hmm. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, go back to self. You know, sometimes I'll go to a Barnes and Noble. Sometimes I'll just like find myself on Amazon trying mm-hmm. to find like some book to read or something. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to bleed into that yeah. as well. Like, as as a writer, you know, who who are individuals that inspire you to, you know, writing or mm-hmm. or outside of that? Like, who are some individuals that were your motivation? Um, man, when when I was first when I was first ready to, like, be a writer, it was just, like, all the classic uh, books, like uh, Fahrenheit 451, so, like, Ray Bradbury and uh, Isaac Asimov. Okay. You know, really nerdy types like that. Um, you know, I'm kind of a competitor, so sometimes, like, you know, I watch my sports. I, I love seeing creativity on a basketball court. You know, y'all think that like it's just a repetitive motion just going back and forth but like you see some of these passes yeah, that people make motion. yeah you yeah. know like you see and as a physics former physics major you yeah, can exactly. appreciate it's just like <laughs> yeah. man i still think about that like nutmeg pass that like russell westbrook had yeah with, to, between the legs right crazy like, boxing, i don't even like, think that was like, yeah like, like me brother, exactly like yeah. boxing's a sweet science they it call is. it like it's yeah. a it's dope so thinking outside of what you consider to be creativity, like outside of movies, which I do love watching, um, you know, TV shows, which I do love watching, you know, just, you know, finding myself in, in just different situations to reset, you know, like it, it helps, it helps work wonders. Mm. 
Yeah, because I, I, cause you, you, in order to do what you do, like you always have to have your finger on the pulse of the times, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's a lot of pressure to kind of be, you know, with it Too all the time. Pressure. Do you, do you see, you know, and it's crazy because it's like, it's, it's interesting to, to have that criterion mm-hmm. to maintain your career. Yeah. There's a whole host of individuals that are so far removed, mm-hmm. you know, like how do you, I mean, not to throw this on you, but how do you explain that? Part of the the business um, that they're able to kind of sustain without being you know on it. Uh, I don't even know. You just gotta live. It's like a day at a time type thing, man. Like baseball players, they gotta be on yeah. 162 games, like basically more than half a year, and they're being paid millions of dollars just to hit a ball. Like we're being paid what we're paid to like help million dollar businesses become billion dollar businesses like it's right. you know you can only be on so much without saying you know let me take a step back let me rest let me make sure that i am putting as much effort into my progression as a person as i am into where i'm working mm. people nice. forget that people really forget to do that that's true but well, we ask all our guests this that come on the, the podcast, man, and um, this is the Driven Mind, Driven Society platform, man. We just want to know what drives you. You know what I mean? What what gets you up in the morning to to go into work, be creative, come up with, conceptualize these plans? What what made you want to transition careers? What made you decide that you know what I can't be a copywriter, I can't get into to this new industry and dominate? Uh, it all goes down to the stories for me. Like the story always drives me. Mm. Uh, I want it. It's always about the beginning, middle, and end, and just keeping people, keeping people into it, just like throughout. So I mean, that's really it. Like I wake up every morning, and I'm like, yo, like, how am I gonna do it today? Like, is it you know, is it just through an Instagram post? Is it you know by you know just having a good day at work? You know, mm-hmm. so I could tell a friend or a significant other, like, yo, you know, like. There's always a story to tell. Mm. That that's that's what it goes down to for me. Gotcha. Fire. Oh, uh, where can we find you on the socials, my bro? Um, it's easy. Like Twitter or Instagram. Find me at at the Acecapade. So T H E A C E C A P A D E. It's a mashup of uh, the word Ace and Escapade. So the Escapades of an Ace. Uh, nice. Yeah. You already know this Fire. is a great combo. Absolutely. Shout out to Bennett for coming through. Definitely appreciate into you know you bite Game of Thrones. I wish you good fortune. Man, in I the, do not uh, watch opportunities It's funny, to come. like you don't think I'm into Game of Thrones, but no. that's, Yo, I don't watch the either. And I've been trying to catch up, but I gotta. I don't yeah, y'all, know. Y'all just too many I was trying to be smooth, but it's nah, all good though. It's, it's all good playing. You know what I'm saying? Westworld though. Westworld. Okay, yeah, I went. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get into Westworld either. It was a fifth. Yo, it's actually a remake from this 1970 movie. But I guess we're gonna get into the after. Thank you very much for coming through, my bro. Of course, a very fruitful conversation. Somebody got that Game of Thrones reference though. True that. Like we always say this time. Stay driven, y'all. Stay driven. Word.